when I was in college and I was trying to get moved out of my apartment and clean it. And I was taking my stuff to storage. It was quite a drive from my apartment to the storage space. And I noticed that there was a car following. So I started taking really fast turns and trying to lose them. And I noticed it was a car full of college guys my age at the time. And they followed. They were right on me. My heart was pounding. Welcome back to another episode of Drive With Us Podcast. I'm Bhavni. And I'm Taryn G. We hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving break for those that celebrate it. And welcome back to another episode. I hope you missed us. <laughs> I, hope you I missed, missed us. You missed us. I missed us. I hope you missed us too. <laughs> if you had any memorable or crazy driving experiences over the break, share them with us on our Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast. And we might even share some of those stories on a future video. And now let's meet today's driver, Sarah Beth Wald. Sarah, married to a firefighter and a mother of two boys, age 15 and 19, is the owner of Content Empowered, a content creation and design service based in Montana. She's a former newspaper columnist and social worker with a master's degree in journalism from Michigan State University. Sarah has worked as a writer, editor, and journalist in the academic, corporate, and print media sectors. She is a creator of Redefining Love, which seeks to teach others how to love others with boundaries, accountability, and grace. Sarah's most recent project is an online media masterclass in response to the trauma response so many are experiencing to current events and how they are reported in the news media. Let's meet Sarah. Welcome, Sarah, to Drive With Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're super excited to have you on. Before we dive into your crazy driving experiences, let's give the listeners a little background about your driving. What are some of the places that you've driven and where are you currently? I live in Montana, which is in the American West, and it's very isolated kind of. And I did live in the Midwest for a long time. So the farthest I've ever driven was from Missoula, Montana, which is on the western side of the state, all the way to Michigan, to mid-Michigan. I drove through Chicago and I'd never driven in urban traffic before, so it was an experience. But most of my driving is in rural areas of the United States. How would you describe your relationship with driving? Is it something you enjoy? Is it something you don't like? Do you like being the driver, the passenger? What are your preferences? I love driving, actually. I do find as I'm getting older that I don't love it as much, especially at night, which makes me feel really old to say out loud. I kind of have a lead foot. I kind of drive a little too fast. So being in Montana, you probably have like a lot of wildlife and moose up there. Has that, are you like, does your driving change knowing that there's a chance that you might encounter moose or are you still just like, I will speed? <laughs> well, I wish I could say that my driving changed. We do have a lot of wildlife. We've, we just this last summer had a bear running down our street, which is not common where I live, actually. That was super weird. But yeah, you have to, at certain times of day, dusk and early morning, there's more deer on the road and actually deer in the streets and the deer are everywhere. But no, I'm afraid I, and knock on wood, I have not hit an animal Yes. And we hope you don't. <laughs> yes. You don't want that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we can we can understand the deer problem. There are so many deer here in Maryland. 
it's we're infested with deer. Yeah, I had that, two deer accidents myself. Oh. So yeah, I wouldn't want anyone to go through that. Yes, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, and when I lived in Michigan too, there were deer everywhere. So I it doesn't seem that I can escape them. Have you ever had a passenger experience where you were like a passenger in a car and you're like, oh man, this was not a good idea. Like I wish I could get out of this car right now. I'm sure I did when I was a teenager, but now I actually have a teenager of my own. And it is as terrifying as as you would imagine to teach your kid how to drive. I think once you get experienced as a driver, you forget that you had to actually learn that at some point. It has been an adventure teaching a teenager how to drive. What would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned after being in driving school, like from actually having the driving experience that you taught your son what is the biggest thing maybe i shouldn't say this out loud he hasn't gotten his license yet but he is actually different than me in that he likes to follow all the driving rules and there are times where i'm like you can you can speed a little bit here this is going to take forever to get to where we're going so i may not be the best influence <laughs> as far as teaching him to drive but he says I'm more fun to te- to learn from than his dad. So hey, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of you enjoying to drive fast, what would you say is your craziest driving experience? The craziest. I mean, I've had several, but the craziest was probably when I was in college and I was moving. It was the end of finals week and I was completely exhausted. I don't think I'd slept for like 24 hours, something crazy, because I'd had a big test. I was trying to get moved out of my apartment and clean it. And I was taking my stuff to storage. It was quite a drive from my apartment to the storage space. And I noticed that there was a car following. So I started taking really fast turns and kind of trying to lose them because I was getting a little bit freaked out. And I noticed at a light that it was a car full of, of guys, like college guys my age at the time. I got freaked out. So I drove like crazy and they followed. I mean, they were right on me. I finally lost them right before I got to the storage space and my heart was pounding and I was freaked out. And then I get to the grocery store after I dropped the stuff off, or maybe it was the gas station. I can't remember, but somewhere where I needed my wallet and I didn't have my wallet. I was totally freaked out. I went home. This was before cell phones. That's how old I am. I went home back to my apartment, called my mom, told her, and she's like, well, actually, I just got a weird call that somebody had your wallet. She had the number. I called them and they're like, yeah, we tried to pull you over and give you your wallet back. It was on top of your car, but you're driving like a crazy woman. I was just like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know why they were following me. So I, I outran them. But they were very nice. And they gave me my wallet back. I mean, I feel like anyone in that situation, if some random person or a group of guys were following you, you wouldn't stop and pull over. <laughs> yeah, I felt kind of dumb. And they were kind of rude about it. They were mad at me. Carlotta guys following you, young college girl. But now it's just a funny story. I got my wallet back. Yeah, at least you got your wallet, especially like going through the whole getting your license back again and all anything else that was in it would be a pain. Right, right. Well, at least they did end up still giving it to you. It's like we were trying to be good Samaritans, but you tried to outrun us. I don't know if you can top that, but what would you say is your 
second most craziest driving experience? Well, just this summer, I actually got rear-ended, speaking of teenage drivers, at a stoplight. So this one wasn't my fault. And this was the worst accident that I've ever been in. So I'm glad it wasn't my fault. And everyone was fine. Nobody got hurt. But there was a kid behind me and it was summer and he was going to his summer job at a coffee shop and he was waving to a friend in the other lane and he didn't stop at a red light and he hit me and he smashed my car between his truck and the car in front of me. It was crazy. I don't know if you guys have ever been in an accident before, but just like in the movies, everything goes really slow. Like everything goes low and my glasses flew off my face and it was like, slow motion and that's what I noticed first I was like that's weird my glasses are falling off like I it just didn't register in my mind what was happening and then all of a sudden I'm just kind of sitting in the middle of the intersection and my car is stuck it did drive I was able to pull into a parking lot but it was totaled and I was very sad because it was the favorite car I've ever had and then the poor kid gets out of his car and he's like this tough senior in high school kind of kid and he sees me and he just melts in tears. And I was like, oh, it's like my dad's going to kill me. Instead of being mad, I just, because I have a son that is also a new driver. And I just, all I could see was my son. And I just gave him this big hug. And I, I happened to have this shirt on at the time that said love anyway. And I was like, you know, if you have to hit someone, he hits the mom that has a teenage son. He ended up going to the same high school as my son. So, and my son is a freshman, he's a senior. He's like, he said, I'll watch out for your, your kid. And it was, it was kind of one of those cool things where I think everything's connected. When my husband came to pick me up, he was looking at the kid's insurance and he's like, wait a minute, is your dad so-and-so? And he says, yeah. He's like, oh, I work with him. So my husband was able to call his dad and break the news. The universe was watching out for this kid because he, he learned an important lesson about driving and paying attention. But it was a pretty gentle reaction to his accident. I'm so surprised at like, how fast was he going that you were at a stoplight and he totaled your car? Right. Yeah, it was he he really nailed me. It was a little bit crazy that nobody got hurt and my airbags didn't go off which I don't even know if that's why hopefully they worked properly but it was fine nobody was hurt yeah that's good no one was hurt and I guess that's the best way to learn that lesson even though you know it's better if you just don't get in that situation in the first place but yeah at least no one was hurt and then he knows now to pay attention more on the road because driving can be very dangerous yeah and then the person that you got sandwiched between, was there a vehicle okay? Were they as forgiving as you were? It was actually funny because he got out. He was a guy and he got out. He looked a little bit like he was ready to rumble. He was pretty mad. But by the time he got out, I was already hugging the crying teenager. <laughs> and so I think he was like, oh, okay. I guess this isn't the right place to rumble. And by the end, my husband, he and my husband were joking around. It actually turned out pretty good for that kid. He got really lucky. That's that's good. <laughs> and good thing no one was hurt. I luckily have not been in any accidents. I can only imagine being in the vehicle when you're hit. 
Yeah, yeah. I got rear-ended before too, but not as severe as your instance. It was also at a red light, but she was she just let go of the brake and she just kind of hit my car. And I I understand what you mean by like it everything slows down. I froze in that moment. I'm like, what do I do? Do I get out of the car? Do I like like what do I do in this moment? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it really is the way that they portray it in the movies, which is maybe good because then you can remember what happened, but it's a whole different experience when you get in an accident. What would you say is your third craziest driving experience? <laughs> if I don't count the times that I've gotten pulled over for tickets, which is a lot, I would say this is actually when I was in high school. I drove my dad's car and he very generously let me drive. I drove it a lot. I I look back at it now and I'm like, what did he drive? Because I always had his car and he's never heard this story before. So hopefully he doesn't hear this, but I guess it's old news now, but it was in Montana out in the country. Everybody lived on gravel roads out in the country. And my friend and I were going to another friend's house And she lived down a country road and the driveway before hers was a different kid, a a boy that we were very embarrassed to, we didn't want to show up at his house on accident. So it was very wintry. There's probably two foot snowdrifts on either side of the road and there's, there's barbed wire fences. And when we realized we took the wrong turn, there was no space to really turn around and this is in like the early 90s so i'm really dating myself here but the cars were really long really big and we tried to turn around we slid into the ditch i was driving i slid into the ditch and got the car lodged between two fence posts in the barbed wire fence we couldn't get it out and we were gonna we would like sit there and freeze to death before we got out and asked help from this this boy that we were embarrassed to uh, show up at his house so I'm crying my friend was very calm though and it's interesting because we're still friends we're very good friends and she's a therapist now and I look back at it and I'm like yeah I can totally see how she became a therapist (laughs) but anyway I crawled in the back seat and we were going to spend the night so I had a pillow and back there and I was all covered up and like covering my head with the pillow and she just backed it up and you know back and forth until it came loose and she got it out but we were pretty stuck and we were there for a while and we could just hear the screeching of the barbed wire against the car and I'm just picturing my dad you know I was just like the kid who hit me this summer I was like oh my dad's gonna kill me we got out we went to our friend's house and then the next day I just hoped and prayed my dad wouldn't see, and he didn't. He didn't notice the scratches. I'm not sure how that happened, but I can't remember the sequence of that. But I told him on Monday when he noticed that someone had keyed my car in the parking lot because I didn't want him to know the truth. (laughs) So if he hears this, he will know the truth now. (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, the fact that, well, you didn't have to end up going and asking that person for help because she was able to get it out. Yeah, I'm sure that they noticed when they left their house the next time that there was a big disturbance in the snowdrift. I'm sure they were wondering what on earth happened right there. 
But no, we never did. And I think we may have let ourselves freeze to death because we were mortified to go and knock on that door. Wow. Well, I'm glad one of you uh, was calm and able to <laughs> get get you out of that situation. I feel like like if you're the driver and it's your car, you're going to be more freaked out. It's good that you had someone there who could be rational, like, okay, we can do this. Yes. And she she had great presence of mind. So it's not a surprise she's a therapist now. Well, since you have mentioned that you've driven in several different places, how would you describe the types of drivers in those areas? Are there like distinct type of drivers in certain areas? There, there definitely are. People in Montana tend to drive slower. And I think one of the reasons, I mean, I've always liked to speed, if I'm honest, but when I lived in a more urban area, it's just a higher intensity environment and everybody, everything moves faster. And when I first moved back to Montana after living in the Midwest for so many years, and I was in a urban area, it was hard. I was just like, oh my gosh, these people drive slow. They definitely, they like their scenery. They like to take their time. I say that though. And then people do tend to speed more on the highways. So in town, they drive slower. But when there's several hours between yourself and the next town, and it's just endless wilderness, it's pretty easy to just speed away because there's not very many highway patrolmen for per mile. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. So now that we've heard a little bit about your crazy driving experiences, let's switch gears and talk about the type of driver that you are. I know you've hinted a little bit at it, but how would you describe yourself as a driver and would your family and friends agree? I would describe myself as an impatient driver, which is interesting because I tend to be a pretty patient person in every other area of my life. It's almost like driving is my release of everything that I have pent up. <laughs> I would say I'm a good driver. I mean, again, knock on wood, I have not ever caused an accident unless you count the time I got the car stuck between the fence posts, but <laughs> we won't count that one. And yes, I think my family would agree with that. What would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? Well, you'll probably guess this, but it is driving below the speed limit. <laughs> I am like, I'm one of those people that when you pass someone that's driving slow, I have to look at them like, who is it? What does this person look like that would drive <laughs> so slow? And then when you see them, are you like, oh, OK, that makes sense. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, of course. And then every once in a while, it's someone like, I don't know, that wouldn't fit a stereotype, like isn't an old person or something. And I'll be like, huh, well, like, what's going on with them that they would drive so slow? Like, I just can't. My brain doesn't really compute. <laughs> are you the type of person who if someone is going the speed limit or like a little below are you the type of person that will just immediately overtake them or will you stay behind them and be like oh, I wish they'll go faster you know I think that I am chilling out a little bit as I get older there was a time when yes I would always pass I would pass even if there was someone in front of me and they were going a little over the speed limit just because I needed to I don't know be in front or something but now that I have kids and, and I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm, I say older people drive slow, but I'm, I'm working my way into that category where I'm a little safer, conscious of that sort of thing. And so I don't always pass them now. And I try not to tailgate. Have you ever experienced road rage, whether it was towards yourself or if you've seen someone having road rage? I have experienced road rage myself. I didn't do anything too crazy about it, but I, there have been times where I have raged behind people, maybe flashed a gesture. And then another time I did in front of my kid's school, I just, I didn't react. I didn't do anything, but there was a guy who was driving really recklessly actually. And it was in front of the school and there's kids everywhere. And I decided I was going to follow him. I used to write a newspaper column and I wrote about him. I called this person out, <laughs> described their vehicle. And my editor in eight and a half years of writing every week, it was the only time that she ever rejected something that I'd written. She's like, we can't really publish your, your road rage incident. <laughs> so I had to rewrite your something personal. else. My personal vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone would have known who they were because it was a small town. So my editor was like, yeah, I don't think we want to put this on the paper. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get over it in a couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> we'll let this slide. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've heard a little bit about you as a driver, let's go back to where it all started. How would you describe your first time driving experience and who was it with? I'm trying to remember. In Montana, we learned to drive pretty young if you live in rural areas. And I did not grow up on a ranch, but my grandparents had a ranch and those kids, like I have a cousin that was driving him himself and his siblings to school when he was 11. And he's, hopefully there's a statute of limitations, so he can't get arrested for that now. But it's been a long time ago. So I was driving out there on those country roads when I was pretty young. And my grandpa tried, he was the most patient man on earth. And he had taught, he had five kids of his own and he had Oh gosh, how many of grandkids are there? 17 of us or something. And I'm about in the middle. So he taught quite a few kids to drive. And it was a stick shift. After about two hours of like jerking up and down the, <laughs> the gravel roads in this stick shift, he, he said, get out. And I got out and he's like, it, he switched places with me and he drove me home and he walked in and told my grandma, he threw his hands up in the air and he said, I give up. <laughs> And I never have learned how to drive a manual transmission. I, I just, I don't know, there's something about that whole trying to get it all coordinated that I can't master, but he gave up on me. Would you want to learn how to drive manual at some point? You know, I tr I've tried many times over the years and they're less and less common now. My husband really wishes I would learn he drives a fire truck. He's a firefighter. So for him, it's like, really, he just really thinks I should know how to do it. But I don't know that I have any burning desire. Yeah, you never know with the direction that cars are going, you might not even need it. it right, right. Exactly. I, I think it's, it's sort of like cursive handwriting and answering machines. They're obsolete eventually. Exactly. <laughs> how would you describe your driving test experience? And were you able to pass it on the first try? I was a really bad parallel parker. I'm excellent at driving forward, but I'm not excellent at driving backwards. 
So even teaching my son, my husband has to teach him because I, I couldn't master it during driver's training, backed over a little tree. You know how they plant those trees in the sidewalk? Like there's a little square in the sidewalk, there's a tree in it. I, it was brand new tree and I backed over it in my dad's giant car. I was very nervous. And I don't think I've ever once successfully parallel parked in my life. I'll drive around a block, you know, for an hour and until I find a place to pull in. So when I did my driver's test, yes, I passed it. But the instructor, when we parked, I was fully aware that we had forgotten to parallel park. And I wasn't going to tell her because I don't, I didn't want to do it. So we're walking through the parking lot and she's got her clipboard and she says, oh, shoot, we forgot to parallel park. She's like, well, you did great. I'm sure you're fine at it. And so I never had to do it. And I passed. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the one thing that most people fail at is parallel parking. On our on our driver's test, that's the first thing they make you do. If you don't pass, there's, there's no point of doing the rest of the test. Oh, <laughs> uh, which is a smart way to do it, I suppose. But I was very glad that I did not have to do that. You guys so lucky. I wow. did. <laughs> I did. Since you mentioned that you are better at going forward than backwards, when you go to park, do you just prefer to pull in forward or do you prefer to reverse into parking spots so you can get out easier? Oh, I definitely pull in. I I just, I mean, I could probably spend this whole time just talking about my parking experiences. There was a time where I pulled into a parking spot, my son had a doctor's appointment, and somehow I pulled so close to the car to the left that I couldn't, like the mirrors were overlapping, so I couldn't reverse again. And I don't even know, like, I defied the laws of physics to even get into that parking space. So it took me about 15 minutes of like tiny little forward and back to get out. And I was laughing so hard. And my son did not think it was as funny as I did. And obviously he was late for his appointment. And the more I talk about it, the more I think, gosh, I maybe I'm not as good of a driver as I think I am. You're good at the driving part. You're not good at the stopping and putting the car in park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would say when I had to drive our van. It's like, I can, I can go, <laughs> I can drive, but don't ask me to stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do, do they still require parallel parking there? Because I know here in Maryland, at least they removed it for the driver's test. So I'm just curious, is it still part of the test there? That's funny that you asked that because he hasn't had the test yet. I don't believe he had to for the passing of driver's training, but I'll have to get back to you on whether he has to do it at the, the test, the licensing test. He has practiced it. So my husband and I have taken him and I rode in the passenger seat. I did not do the teaching. My husband was teaching, but he is much better at it than me. Well, that's good because maybe he won't get as lucky as you and they forget <laughs> to ask him to parallel park. Yeah, I, I doubt that that lightning will strike twice. That that would be pretty lucky. I, I just, I've never heard that happen before. I, I think that, again, you know, the stars were aligned for me or something. So earlier, I know you mentioned you've gotten lots of tickets. Have you have any memorable ticket experiences? And another thing about Montana is you get a lot of warnings. 
I don't know if that's how it is everywhere, but I, especially out on the highway, I think they know there's like no cars on the road. Everybody, including probably the highway patrolmen are going 10, 15 miles over the speed limit. So I've gotten pulled over a lot. I've, I've gotten, I, I should say I've gotten pulled over a lot. I don't know that I've gotten lots of tickets, but I have had some speeding tickets. The only time I got something other than a speeding ticket was in college. I was late for work and I ran a red light and I knew, I mean, I, I actively was like, okay, it was just changing. And I'm like, I just have to get through this light to get to work. And there was a police officer directly behind me. It was really dumb. He pulled me over and I pulled into a video store parking lot to get off of the main road. All I remember from the incident or the the actual ticketing was when the police officer came up to me and there was a poster with Matt Damon, a movie poster. And, and I, it's like Matt Damon and he was, had his arms crossed and he, and that's just like burned in my mind. Like Matt Damon was shaming me and glaring at me. And I was so mad at that poster. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I know. I ran the red light, Matt Damon. He knew what I had done. So you said you've gotten a lot of like warnings for being pulled over. I don't think that's the case here. I feel like if you get pulled over, cops are going to be like, you're getting a ticket. <laughs> it might be a uniquely Montana thing. I've been pulled over when I lived in Michigan. I was pulled over for speeding a couple times and I did get tickets there. I, I got a warning once though there too, but in Montana, I'm not sure I can even count. And the only time that I got a ticket in Montana, besides the running the red light that was in Montana, was I was driving and I had my, I wasn't even speeding that much. Like all the times that I, they would actually give me a ticket. I was probably going maybe like eight miles over the speed limit, which in Montana and on the highways is hardly anything. And I got pulled over and there was no other cars for miles and miles and miles. It was this highway patrolman who honestly looked like he was 15. It was like his first day on the job and his face was all red. He was visibly nervous. He was shaking. And again, I sort of just felt like, oh, you poor, you poor kid. And uh, <laughs> he's like, ma'am, did you know you were speeding? And I instantly just felt so empathetic with him that I just like yeah and my son my younger son was with me in the car seat in the back and he was probably three and by the time I got back to home where I was driving to I'd kind of forgotten I got a ticket like it's so commonplace for me to get pulled over that I just didn't even think of it and my son walks in the door and the first thing he says to his dad is Mom got pulled over and she got a ticket. And my husband was like, oh, were you not going to tell me this? And every time after that, my son would, he'd watch the speed and he'd be like, mom, are you speeding? Are you going to get a ticket? And we'd drive past that place. Mom, do you remember when you got a ticket here? And he's nine now. And he's still, when we drive past that spot, we'll say, Mom, remember that time that you got a ticket here? So he will not let me live it down. So yes, I know. I, we can right. forget this now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now that we've talked about the past, your past experience of driving, your current experience of driving, let's dive a little bit into the future of driving. 
What are your thoughts on self-driving cars? And is this something that you would get into? I don't love the idea. Like, I guess I feel like we should probably be paying attention. It doesn't seem foolproof to me, but I suppose that's the future and it will probably become a thing. Plus, I just like driving. So I think that there's something to be said for for navigating yourself. I agree. I I enjoy driving too much to fully let go of that control. I mean, I've heard that they've already started making auto self-drive semi-trucks. And I'm like, uh, I don't know how safe I feel. Yeah. Next to like an 18-wheeler. Yeah, that would, that's scary to me. I do love the idea of a self-parking car, though. Like, that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> Just push the button and let us do it thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would get on board with that idea. And then you wouldn't have to drive around and around to find the spot. You'd just be like, just parallel park wherever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great. All right. Bonus question time. Are you ready? I am. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? This is probably what I would do. And this probably wouldn't surprise you. I think I would eliminate speed limits in Montana. Yeah, in in rural areas. Like, I think that it's necessary in town. But Montana did that for as an experiment for a few years, and they lost their federal highway funding. So they had to put speed limits back in. But it was wonderful. So, yeah, I think I would do away with highway speed limits. Yeah, it's like no one's following them anyways in Montana, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's interesting that they've already tried that. I didn't know that. They did. I don't remember when it was. I think it was in the 90s, maybe, but it didn't last. Yeah. If they want the money, they're like, okay, fine. (laughs) We'll put it back in place. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, what are your speed limits on highways? Are they, like, really high in the first place? Yeah, I think it's 70 on two-lane roads, and then it's 80 on interstate expressway roads. I don't think I've ever gone 80 <laughs> in my life. <laughs> really? Oh, man. Come to Montana. That will cut you loose. You can <laughs> go crazy. Yeah, like our highways cap at like <laughs> 55, 60. <laughs> Too many wow. cars. Yeah. Wow. And I'm sure that the traffic changes things because it's a whole different thing when you have no one that you, you can't, you've miles and miles of road that you can see ahead of you that there's no cars coming yeah it makes sense to have a higher limit where there's not as many people on the road because there's less chance of collisions or like accidents or anything but if there's so many people it's hard to justify such a high limit yeah right right yeah and montana is such a big state that it slows down when you get into the mountains because there's so many more curves and you have to slow down but On the eastern side of the state, it's just flat and there's hardly any trees and you can just see until the horizon. So it's pretty easy to go pretty fast. But now we know that when we go to Montana, just be on the the far right lane, just be like, I'm over here going 70, barely you guys can (laughs) go around me. (laughs) Right, right. Or you'll speed and you'll get a ticket and you'll be like, dang it, Sarah, you told me that that I could speed here. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any final thoughts or any advice that you would like to give other drivers? It's funny because I have tried really hard to 
be more patient and full of grace as a driver. And a lot of that has to do with having kids in the car. But it also is affected by my husband being a firefighter. He is actually a wildland firefighter. He doesn't do city fires, but he still hears all the stories of the accidents and what happens. So even though I just talked about speeding for the last 45 minutes, <laughs> I would recommend you honor the speed limit because there are some crazy accidents that happen when you're speeding. I know I should slow down and I'm trying to do better. Well, at least you know when you're working on it. That's that's the important thing. <laughs> yes. Well, before we let you go, we want to give you a chance to plug anything and let our listeners know where they can find you. All right. Great. Well, I am kind of all over the place, but if they are looking around me, I'm, I'm hosting a holiday summit right now, an online virtual summit called the Serene Holidays Summit and speaking to seven experts and seven days. And they are going to talk about how to navigate the holidays in an angry world. So it's all about finding serenity despite all of the chaos in the world right now. And I am the founder of Redefining Love, which is how to navigate life with boundaries, accountability, and grace. So this topic fits very nicely into that. I've even used road rage as an example in my writing about redefining love. And then I have a Mastering the Media course that is also about navigating the news media. And I'm all about helping people come to some unity and ending divisions. So anybody who wants to look into that can go to learning.sarabethwald.com. It's all very fitting with the driving experiences that you shared. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. It was really fun talking to you and hearing about the craziness that is Montana. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. This was really fun. I loved how patient and understanding Sarah is. And no matter how intense her driving experiences were on the road, she always takes a step back and thinks like, what must that person be going through and be understanding of their situation as well. Even the time that she was sandwiched in between two cars. And her car was completely totaled. It was terrible that her car got totaled, but lucky for that kid who was a new driver that she was there because the guy in front was furious. And I don't think his truck got that much damage, but he was like really mad and good thing she was there and her husband and then they like diffuse the situation. Yeah, I feel like that moment is such a formative moment of someone's driving. Like, yes, you got in the accident. Some people could take that as a trauma that stays with them forever to the point that they might not be comfortable getting behind the wheel again. And I feel like her comforting him in that moment probably helped him be able to get behind the wheel again in the future as opposed to what if it went the opposite response then he might not be ready to drive at all anymore he's like okay i'm not i'm not doing that again yeah hopefully it was a good lesson even though it was a terrible way to learn the lesson but hopefully he learned for the good from it <laughs> well that was sarah we hope you enjoyed hearing her driving stories and be sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear a sneak peek of next week's episode with bill cushing who shares about the time he had to drive 30 miles per hour from Virginia to New York 
and no mechanic can figure out what was wrong. Thank you for tuning in this week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review. It truly does help us get discovered. Thank you for choosing to drive with us and we'll see you next week. We're leaving Virginia and it was just fine for the first well, 40 minutes or so. And then all of a sudden my car just slowed down. I, I called my friend. I said, look, I'm having a problem. Let's pull over. And we said, look, let's just go to the next exit. We're going to find plenty of mechanics here. Can't find a mechanic. So we finally went, all right, look, we got to be back in New York to go to work tomorrow morning. Even if it means I got to go slow, we'll just do that. We went from Mechanicsburg to New York, never went over 30 miles an hour the whole time.